Hey everyone, this is Allison Lee, the host of CraftCast, and on today's show I'll be talking with Michelle Ward, the When I Grow Up coach, as well as I have some apps to review and a book to talk about, so let's get started. Show number 160. Starting the day again, oh yeah, letting the sun shine in, uh oh, I'm gonna dig within myself, uh oh. Life may be never what you think, but I think I'll just go with it and create something new. everyone. It's me, Allison Lee, your host here at the Craftcast Studio, back again for another week of, oh, chatting with some interesting people and reviews of some interesting products. So, uh, yes, it's August. Uh, it is raining outside. You know, it's one of those um, times of the year when there's lots of uh, summer thunderstorms, and uh, which is actually not bad because it makes you do some things in the studio, gives you that time. So not complaining. I hope your summer's been going along well. Uh, I am also working away this August. I'm so excited, uh, as I've been telling you each week, to announce a lineup of live online classes in September, uh, plus reveal the uh, next CraftCast endeavor, which is called CraftCast Pro, which is a very exciting uh, coaching system with me. Uh, And you'll be hearing more about that. And uh, make sure, if you haven't already, go to the craftcast.com site where you can sign up for the newsletter, lower left-hand corner, because you'll get information that way as well. I've heard from lots of you about the newsletter that goes out now once a week with all the little video tips. I'm glad you're enjoying that. I certainly am having a good time putting it together and hearing from all of you guys. So thank you, thank you. Uh, So what else is going on? I finished up um, taking another metal clay class. Yes, moi, my second one with uh, Terry Kowalsik, who I was, um, was last week's guest. And uh, I don't think I talked about the class yet. It was great. Uh, I really feel, uh, you know, when you spend four days doing something like that, it's, you really get to dive in and learn a lot. So uh, lots of fun. And Terry was so much fun to also work with. So there are lots of laughs as well. Got to work with copper clay and metal clay and had a very good time. Uh, And also looking forward to, I'm hosting a class here with uh, England's Lisa Kane, the wonderful Lisa Kane. Uh, She's going to be teaching here live in my studio, a uh, silver metal clay class. So that's exciting in September. Uh, But now I have some apps to discuss Actually, I talked about an app last week, I believe, in the newsletter, and uh, one of the people who wrote in, uh, I had talked about this app called Voice Memos as a way to um, really get more done on your uh, to-do list, and uh, she wrote in saying she had a great way to record little messages on her phone, and it was called Moe's Notes an app called Moe's Notes. And so, of course, I went to check it out, and I love it. I highly recommend, um, check it out for yourself, Moe's Notes. I think there's also something called Moe's Kitchen, but because I never go into mine, I didn't bother looking at that one. (laughs) 
Uh, but most notes, what it allows you to do with your phone is you can take a picture of something. So let's say you see something that you love, a color palette, a piece of furniture, a, a tree, a flower. Take a picture, then add a voice recording to it. So you could say, you know, saw this wherever and love these colors. Add that to it. You can sketch on it, which I love. So you can add your own little uh, whatever marks. I sent one to my son. It was a picture of her dog, and I put little Zs because she was sleeping, little snoring Zs. And, and then you can email it off or keep it for yourself as record. So love that. I'm going to thank so much to that wonderful listener who uh, sent me a Mo's note to tell me about it. Love that. Uh, And then another app called Wreck This App by Carrie Smith. She had some journals out called Wreck This Journal uh, and another one. I can't remember the name right now. Where you, uh, you know, it's a playbook entry journal of sorts. And this app is, is, uh, where did I hear, I saw that phrase, purposeful play. I would say that this app falls under that because it's just sort of fun. Uh, And I don't know about you, but I'm not someone who can sit... Uh, stand in line for anything, or uh, even watch most television without sort of doing something with my hands. And this is a, a, like a little doodle app. So you can, uh, again, pull in a photograph, draw on it, sketch some things. You know, it's not advanced. I'm not talking Photoshop here at all, people. Uh, but it is really, it's a fun little thing to play with. Purposeful play, I say. So check that one out. And then the book I have today, uh, I haven't been knitting But if I was going to, I would certainly want to follow a pattern in this book. It's by Sasha Kagan. It's called Classic Collection. And at first I was not going to, I don't know, maybe because it's hot, I didn't want to pick up a yarn book. But as soon as I opened it, I sort of flipped out with some of the patterns. I'm going to tell you right now, if someone wants to make for me the pansy pashmina or the oriental flowers kimona, that would be lovely. <laughs> uh, there are some just frigging beautiful projects in here. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's tricky, I think, to find maybe patterns you love or that are different. And those two right away, there's others as well, really caught my eye. Uh, and, you know, they're not for the, um, they're not simple. I was say they're not for the weak of heart or weak of needles, so to speak. But they're beautiful, with beautiful patterns. Um, Just lovely, interesting. I'm looking at them right now. There's another one that's adorable, this little sort of jumper, long tunic thing. Anywho, if you're looking to be inspired to pull out your knitting needles soon, uh, check this new book out by Sasha Kagan called Classic Collection. Beautiful. Okay, so who's up today as my guest? Coaching is in the air. I'm just saying. And uh, I had come across Michelle Ward because her site I thought was just pretty adorable. Um, when I grow up.com, uh, when I grow up coach.com, sorry about that. And I thought, oh, I want to talk to Michelle Ward, get her little, you know, get her viewpoint on um, what's co- what's all about, you know, coaching is all about, et cetera. And uh, so we had a great little talk. And then uh, make sure. There is bonus information from Michelle, how to pick a coach and what you should look for uh, if you get the app, if you have the Craftcast app. So make sure if you have that app to listen in on that. And if you don't have the app, go get it. It's fun. 
So, um, yes, I had a really fun talk with her. I know you're going to enjoy that. But before we go to my guest, I have some music for you by Alice Smith called Woodstock. It's really fun. I hope you enjoy it. And then come on back and I'll be chit-chatting with Michelle Ward. This really fucked up dreaming I just let it slip away Thinking about all the bills I gotta pay I think I hock my trinity Bite back on a better day Spent ten days in Woodstock Taking it easy So would you please excuse me Cause I'm feeling quite sad I'm happy again Cause I spent ten days in Woodstock Taking it easy Feeling out like a cello Well, today we have someone who's going to give us, I think, a lot of information and some tips here. 
Uh, today I'm talking to Michelle Ward, also known as the When I Grow Up Coach. She helps creative people devise their career they think they can't have or discover it to begin with. Mm, that's what we all want. Michelle, thanks a lot for coming and chatting with me today. Absolutely. <laughs> thanks for having me, Allison. I'm so Now, let's first, for people who don't, well, almost everyone's heard of a coach, but how do you define coaching so everyone understands? Oh, coaching um, is someone who is there. I like to compare it to a road trip. That's my best analogy. So it's like I'm sitting in the car with my clients, and I'm in the passenger seat with the GPS and the traffic report um, and, you know, the weather, uh, you know, seeing what's, what's overcast ahead and where are the potholes and where are the you know, how can we get from point A to point B quickly? But my client is the one driving the car. So I feel like that's the best way to describe Got it. it. I really um, have the perspective very strongly that my clients are the experts in themselves. They're the experts, and I'm really here to ask them the questions, help them get clarity, support them, help them get those action steps, break things down, figure out, you know, how to get to where they want to go see things differently, all that fun stuff, cheer them on, and then we're able to go and, and help them get there. It's really exciting stuff. Now, I know we talked briefly before about um, you were in the acting world beforehand, so how did you make the step into doing this? Because I can tell you have passion about it, so somewhere there you found something in yourself that you made a switch. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I could talk for, for, for days about it, but to, to keep the long story short-ish, um, my, my background is in musical theater, and that was just, I mean, it was my dream since I was six years old um, to be on Broadway. And so I went to NYU. I got my BFA in, in musical theater. And it was just, you know, that, that was always hyper, hyper-focused. It was just nothing else in my life but musical theater and performing on Broadway until I was in my mid to late 20s and was a quote-unquote grown-up. And I kind of, you know, was looking around and going, I don't, I don't want that life for myself anymore, and I still love performing and it was such a huge part of my identity and who I was. It, mm-hmm. took, it took me probably a year, if not a little longer, to be very honest with myself and be able to look in the mirror and say, oh, my gosh, Michelle, like, you're going to walk away from this. Right. <laughs> the thing that you've been, wa- you've been working towards for 20 years. And once I really was honest with myself and brave enough to sort of tell myself that and listen, um, and then it was sort of like, what's next? And who are you if you're not a performer? And what else is out there for me? And I felt very... Um, pessimistic about the whole thing. How could I find something that I could be as passionate about as performing that I could make my living from? Um, and I knew what I was good at. And at the time that I sort of really had the, the revelation or the chutzpah, I like to call it, to, to walk away from the performing, I was in a customer service-based job. Um, so I had a full-time position. I had the grown-up, you know, benefits and right. 401k and all that other good stuff. But I just was not happy in that job. I, I liked helping people, but I just was like, this is not enough. This is not where I want to be. And I had a real verbally abusive boss at the time, so I knew I needed to get out. It was just not acceptable for me to find a new career that I wasn't passionate about. So I immediately enrolled in NYU's um, a career change workshop. They have a school of continuing education. And I enrolled in that, and it was like, okay, six weeks or seven weeks of you know different exercises and talking through things. And I can't tell you where I first heard about life coaching, I wish I could, but I have no memory mm-hmm. of where I first heard of it. But I knew going into that course, life coaching was sticking in my head, and I initially discounted it because I thought if I tell people I'm a life coach, they're going to think I'm a hippie, and they're going to expect <laughs> me to, like, read their crystals or, like, you know. Right, right, right. <laughs> that was, like, 
so not me. I didn't want anyone to have that impression of me. I'm, I, and not to say there's anything wrong with that, but that just wasn't me. And I also didn't want something entrepreneurial. And so it was just like, no, I want that stable, quote-unquote, grown-up job where I'm working for someone else and I'm getting that paycheck. But as I took the, the career change workshop, I sort of realized more and more and more how much of a great fit life coaching was, and I got really passionate and really excited about it when I realized that I could be the coach that I needed at that time. I could help yep. okay. people who I feel like it's, it's when you're a creative person, it's hard to find people that get you. So I'm like, oh, I'm, I've, done, I've been on this path. I'm this creative person. I could coach creative people through their career transitions, and then it all clicked, and then it was like, God damn it. I can't believe this is what I'm going to do now. It's like the hardest thing that I could have picked, but I, I couldn't deny how passionate and excited I was about it. And I set on my way to be certified and switch jobs so I could um, have that stable paycheck while I was um, going through school and building my business. And it took two years and seven months to do it, but I was able to leave my corporate America job back in March of 2010. And now I've been working as a full-time uh, entrepreneur, full-time creative career coach since then. And it's been going um, even better than my wildest dreams. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's great to hear. I love though you, I love that your title though of your um, website is when I grow up, what do you want to be when you grow up? That is like people, even when they're grown up, they still are wondering, what am I going to be when I grow up? Uh, it's so true, and that's why. Oh my gosh! Uh, thank God I picked that name. I'm. I'm. Uh, uh, there were some others rolling around, and I can't picture being anything else but the one I grow up coach. But that really clicked for me because I was telling people at the age of you know 27 or so, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And right. But immediately there was a response, and normally people would laugh. Um, but sort of knowingly that, you know, you don't have to be six to say, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. You could be 36, 46. Um, I had someone email me today. She's 66. She doesn't right. know what she wants to be when she grows up, and it's never too late to figure it out. Well, don't I, 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 yeah. I think it's sort of two things. You sort of do one thing, and then, you know, it's um, you think, really, you want to reinvent yourself. How can I reinvent myself now? I'm done doing what I'm doing as well. But there's that, you know, when we're little, everyone always says, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's true. And then you grow up, right. quote, and I put that in quotes because I don't mean it in like a boring adult way, but <laughs> right. that's what, that's what society really dictates. I mean, especially, right. you know, in America, it's like the American dream. You go and you have this, you know, steady job and you grow with the company, you climb a corporate ladder. And, you know, if you're a Jewish girl from Long Island, like I am, it's like you have that job and then you retire, you move to Florida and then you die. And right. that's, you know, the, right. which that's, I think is great for a lot of people. Absolutely, absolutely. But we're kind of also taught. I mean, I tell us tell the story about my dad coming home from work every day when I was little, and we would say, "How was your day? Did you have fun at work?" And he would say, "It's called work for a reason. It's not because it's play. It's not." Mm. Good. But I have to go back tomorrow because you know I need to pay for us to live in our house and for you to eat, and and so that's I feel like the lesson a lot of us learn growing up. And when we're creative and, you know, have that sense of, I want to say artistic, but it kind of even goes beyond that. If that's not what you want for yourself, um, it could be really very scary because it's like, well, society's been saying this and my parents have been saying this and no way I could do this. Um, But it's in in this day and age with the Internet being what it is and um, just the fact that anyone could kind of, you know, run their business and with the 
the corporate landscape being what it is and the economy being what it is, <laughs> it's not stable to be in one of those jobs anyway. Right, right. It's a really, I feel like it's a really exciting time for us to live in. It just really is about figuring out for you what, it, what do you want your grown-up life to be and then start working towards that. Right, right. What, okay, tell me what you think. What's a, what, what are the signs when, you, when someone needs a coach? What are they saying to themselves? So people who are out there, if they're saying this, will think, hmm, this would be a good time to get a coach. Yeah, I think, well, specifically uh, specifically to work with me, I mean, definitely the, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up is, is key. Be, yeah. Key. <laughs> I, and I work with people who come to me and say, I know exactly what I want to be when I grow up. I just can't figure out how to make it happen. I just can't figure out, you know, how can I leave this stable job and, and make my living as an artist? Or, you know, I know what, even if they don't want to be entrepreneurial, and they want to just totally switch gears. You know, I'm a nurse, and now I want to be in PR. How could I do that? Right. Really, it's time to work with a coach when you feel like you want to focus on, this is what I want to do for myself. Here are my goals, and I, I'm so fuzzy with how it's going to happen, and I'm so fuzzy with how I'm going to get there. Um, or you're fuzzy on those goals to begin with. I know that what I'm doing isn't working, but I don't know what I want to be doing. I think at that point, that's really where a coach could help you. Okay. And of course, you know, if you want really the difference between coaching and consulting and therapy, like if you know you want to talk about, you know, what your mom did when you were five and, and why it's made you so angry now, like that's the, that's the, the therapy time if right. you want to kind of go into that and, and rehash those pieces and sort of learn and, and build and grow from that, then that's a good time to call a therapist. And a good time to call a consultant is I want to give my business idea to someone and have them tell me exactly what I should do and kind of, you know, take those steps based on what they know and their experiences. A coach, it's time to call a coach when you don't want someone to give you the answers. You want to find them for yourself um, and just have someone be able to help you clarify and support you along that ride. Does that all make sense? I was going to say that's well put. I think that's a very good defining line there, so not to be confused. Yes, absolutely. I have to tell people a, a lot when they say, oh, could you, are you the right person to give me advice on my business? I'm looking for someone to tell me what to do. And I would say, yeah, you, you have not come to the right place. Anyone who's a certified coach, people think coach and they think, oh, it's someone that's going to give me advice. And it's absolutely the opposite of what we do. Um, and you can call yourself a coach without being certified, so just definitely watch out whoever you want to be working with. Um, look in their bio, see you know if they are affiliated with any school or a graduate of any school or going through any school. Otherwise, people would think, oh, I'm really good at giving people advice. I'm going to go call myself a coach when that's right. not all what coaches do. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yep. yep. Yeah. Very good point. Um, do you think people are capable of recognizing their own unique talents? Oh, that's such a good question. I think that they're capable. I think that a lot of the times they're blocked. Um, so I really like when I have clients that are really fuzzy on, you know, what is it that makes me different um, or what am I really good at that I love doing. It's really focusing on what comes easy to you that you kind of take for granted. Um, I have a lot of clients that will say to me like, oh, but everyone can – you know, do interior design and decorate their homes really nicely. Or everyone can uh, bake cookies that when they bring them to a party, people are asking, you know, for the recipe or want to hire you to bake the cookies for their party. If you find yourself saying, but everyone can dot, 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 mm -hmm. 
me as like flashing neon lights because everyone can't. Um, I'm not a good cookie baker and I'm not an interior designer. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. Um, also focusing on what people thank you for. Oh, that's what, a good way to think of it. Mm-hmm. What people compliment you on. You know, go through uh, emails that you have from supervisors or from teachers, report cards, um, you know, anything that sort of takes down here are your, here are your strengths, here's what's coming across that people come to you for. And then you're sort of able to assess how much do you like doing that. Right. That gets really overlooked. So you might say, oh, I'm, I'm a great um, graphic designer, but I really, what I really love is to um, talk to my friends and listen to their problems and help them through it. Like that to me is like, oh, there's really, okay, let's start maybe going towards the latter instead of focusing on, you know, the graphic design piece if you don't like it. So those, those are some ways to sort of hone in as to what the unique talents are. Right, right. Yeah, I think that is, it's hard for people to see their own their own strengths that way. I think that's one of the reasons you need someone outside of your own circle. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's part of the reason why life coaches have life coaches. <laughs> you know, like, that's great, we can't right. really do ourselves either a lot of the time. Right. Do you think the stigma has gone about that? I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously so much better, but the whole needing to admit that you need help stigma around coaching. <sighs> yes and no. I feel like when you use the phrase coach, it's definitely a lighter phrase. Right. <laughs> or like a therapist or whatever. I right. still feel maybe like a consul- saying that you're going to a consultant. Um, right. There's a stigma to that. But there's a reason why I call myself a creative career coach as opposed to a certified life coach. I don't, I don't lead with that, really. I'll tell people, oh, I'm certified as a life coach, but this is, you know, this is my niche. This is who I work with and what I've worked with them on and blah, blah, blah. Because um, even I feel like life coach is so hippy dippy, and I have had people say like, "I can't believe I'm working with a life coach. Like, I need help with my life." Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there, there is, and there. I, I feel like it's getting away from it, but life coaching is still such a new field that a lot of people don't even know what it is. So you have to right. them a lot of the time on it. I think it should be mandatory that we all have coaching consultants, somebody. Wouldn't it be so great? I mean, I mean, insurance should pay for it. I mean, it's like, you know, hello. Isn't yeah. it nice to have someone who says, well, look how fabulous Laura and I can help you get through this part if you only can see this about yourself. Gosh, absolutely. <laughs> it was just day that we, uh, that the insurance that my husband has um, covers gym visits and a nutritionist. Um, and that sort of like blew my mind. Like if you go to the gym like 50 times in six months, then they're giving you, um, X oh, amount yeah. of back towards it. And you right. could also go to a nutritionist. And I was like, really, really? So yeah, hopefully life coaches are, are next. <laughs> well, <laughs> it does it, keep it was... people from getting in, uh, you know, staying in a place they really hate, which leads to disease, which leads to lots of insurance money. And there you go. Absolutely. I love this argument. Yes, let's do it. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> I'm going to call I the agree. International Coach Federation and be like, are you working on this? <laughs> well, you see, that's where, to me, I'm talking about that stigma still. You know, there's still something about that. Uh, you know, it's just that. What can I say? It's like, you know. Uh, I, 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 still, I still kind of blame it a little bit just on the newness of the whole field, even though okay. there's been people coaching for, you know, 20 plus years or whatever. It's just really gotten a resurgence lately. So hopefully down the road, it will be seen on that level of nutritionists and gyms right, and therapists. Right. 
than, you know, all those other pieces. But, um, yeah, not yet. We'll yeah, maybe. It might happen. Well, what do you, is there a most common block that you come across? Uh, yes. I think that the most common block is the um, fear of not being able to be a grown-up, quote-unquote, while they're actually doing their dreams. Like, how could I really pay the mortgage doing what I want to be doing? How can I, um, you know, be a good grown-up? I feel like that's probably, if I had to say off the top of my head, what the biggest common thread is for my clients, that's what it is. It's really just the belief of, like, I can't really do this, can I? I can't really make money from this, can I? Um, and I call the, the voices that we have, that we all have in our heads that tell us, you know, this will never work and you're going to wind up a bag lady right. and, you know, people are going to mock you and, like, all those things that we tell us. I call them our vampire voices because they suck all the good stuff out of us, um, even though vampires are very cool right now. The yes, vamp- they are. Very in, yeah. The vampires I talk about are not cool. Um, so I get that a lot, too. Like, I, I get a lot of, you know, my stuff isn't different enough, what makes me unique, I don't have time, that's another big one, like, I don't have the time to devote to this. Um, but thankfully, the people that decide to work with me put their money where their mouth is, and, right. and when, they, when they sign up to be coached, they're like, okay, I'm, I'm finding the time, I'm making this a priority, I'm seeing how it works, um, and that's really, you know, what the difference is there. Well, I think when people finally take that step, and that monetary step it's putting yourself on the line. You might as well put everything into it at that point. Absolutely. But it doesn't mean that all those vampires go away. Uh, yes. yes. That, you know, we're working on, like, how, how do we quiet them? How do we shut them up? But how do we do it in a way? Because sometimes we don't even believe what they're saying. It's not even like, oh, yes, we're taking what they're saying as truth. Um, but we're saying, oh, you're so stupid. But it's still affecting us. Um, and that's really valid. So it's really figuring out how do you... How do you overcome that? I mean, that, that to me are like the big red flag roadblocks where we need to work on this to figure out how are we combating that and how fear gets a bad rep. And I feel like fear is good because it's kind of pointing us to what is holding us back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, if we know it's holding us back, then we can work on it right. and go through it and go past it and we could find a way to just always, you know, be able to knock it down. So let's find that way to do that. Um, so that's, you know, not necessarily all bad, the vampire voices. Yeah. I used to have a visual. It sort of goes with your car visual. When I was afraid of doing something new, especially in this whole electronic world, so while I'm still getting the car and driving, they're just sitting in the back seat. I try to keep them busy with games and popcorn in the back there while I'm busy. But, you know, they're coming along. We just have to keep them busy in the back seat. Yes. Oh, my God. I love it. We're going to in the back seat, and they'll have, like, a vampire party, but amongst themselves. Right. And they just won't bother you. Exactly. That's perfect. And if they act up, I'm going to, I swear, I'm going to pull this car over and they're going to be very upset. Oh my gosh, I love this more than anything. <laughs> oh, these are the things we have to do. Well, what's an easy, what's the most, the easiest solution that people overlook? They always, you know, people go, oh my God, I never even thought of that. Is there something that, you know, is always overlooked? Yes. I think that in terms of the time block, which I get a lot, like, I don't have time or when can I find the time or whatever. I think a lot of the times, especially for creative people, when they want to do something creative, they kind of are like, well, unless I have four hours to do it, then it can't happen. Um, or it doesn't count. So they're waiting for this, like, four-hour block of time to mm-hmm. show up in their week and, like, good luck with that. I mean, no one has that sort right. of time anymore except maybe on, like, a Sunday afternoon once a month or something right. like that. So, so I love what I call the timer trek. Um, I love to kind of, you know, set goals for myself say, you know what, 
I'm doing, okay, here's my creative thing. I want to work on knitting this scarf, say. And I'm just going to set a timer for half an hour after dinner every day, and I'm just going to work on knitting the scarf. And when the timer goes off, I am allowed to put the scarf down and move on with my life knowing that I spent my time knitting. Or if I'm having a great time, I could set the timer again. And then when it goes off again, I could, you know, rinse and repeat or right. walk away. And so I'm a big proponent of what 15 minutes a day could get you. Um, and so, you know, breaking bigger goals into 15-minute chunks and knowing who doesn't have 15 minutes a day to, to devote to their bigger goal, whether it's making something or working in their business, sending a tweet, um, putting up an image of something to go on their blog, uh, you know, knitting that scarf or writing that song or, you know, getting to um, an extra paragraph or two in the book that they're writing. It's, it still counts. Um, and, you know, 30 minutes a day gives you, what, like three hours or so for the week? I mean, that's not chump change. So, I feel like using the timer trick, giving yourself less time, not waiting for the perfect moment to do your work, um, it's never going to happen. And so that gets overlooked a lot. And finding the, really finding the space to try to make, um, to make that into a habit. Where in your day could this consistently occur? Because um, nothing gets me more excited than when clients come back to me and say, oh, my God, Michelle, like, I found myself in my craft room after dinner, and I forgot how I got there right. because they've been consistently going to their craft room after dinner very consciously saying, okay, now I've done the dishes, and now it's time to right. go to my room, and I'm going there for 30 minutes. Even if they don't know what they're doing in that room, the goal is just to get in there and shut the door. And when they finally realize they're in their craft room like subconsciously, yes, that's like the biggest win ever. I, you know, and on the flip side of that, I think when people find out uh, if they do a half an hour, like you said, every day, they might find out, you know what? I don't like this. Mm-hmm. That's a big one, too, just as valid. Absolutely. It's really figuring out your process and how you work well. And I really, w- you know, I wish there was a one-size-fits-all answer for people. And I could say, if everyone sets a timer for 45 minutes and does it after dinner, then that will work perfectly for everyone forever. Right. Um, and that's just, I mean, that's the, the, the beauty of, of coaching. It's like you really have to find out what works for yourself. And if you come from a place of experimentation and play, and I think that despite the stereotype that lots of artists have and creative people have, we are not flaky. We are not ADD. Um, we just work in a different way. And, and well you put. need to discover, you know, how are you productive? Um, and we're also perfectionists, and I feel like that comes and bites us in the behind a lot. Um, so it's not about, you know, okay, but it has to be perfect. I need to find the perfect time, or I need to finish the perfect painting, or, you know, I need to write the perfect novel. It's just about, like, how to, uh, let's just not make it perfect for a while. Jeez Louise. Um, that like, is a hard one for artists to give up. It is. It is. I was actually just talking to my dear friend Jessica Swift, um, talks about happy mistakes. She's talking to me about happy mistakes. And she said that one of her professors would tell, you know, you can't, if you do the perfect, just said she kept ruining paintings in college because she would aim for the perfect and it would just go like beyond and then like everything was ruined. And her professor would say, the happy mistakes, there are ways for you to then, you know, paint over what you've done but not wreck it completely. And if you're aiming for, you know, what seems like, oh, yes, that works, but it, maybe it's not perfect. Like, that's where the art comes from and the play comes from. And I feel like we, that perfectionism kind of keeps us, it's a vampire in and of itself. 
Yeah, it's one. Of, I also think. Well, one of the things I noticed is that, um, especially with artists, I believe there's an obsession. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to be obsessed a bit, I think, to stay creative. So I think it's part of it, and it's working with that. You know, it's uh, it's trying to balance. There's some balance always yeah. having to be found in there. Absolutely, yeah. Although balance, I feel like balance is such a loaded word because I feel like we're all looking for it, and it doesn't necessarily exist. Um, that balance piece to have like the perfect balance between, you know, your personal life, your life and your business, whatever that sort of means. Um, you know, I definitely don't have that for me. I mean, my work and my life are sort of as one, but I feel like that's, um, that's the, I don't know, that's the, there is something good about that way of doing things also. You know, I just had a big aha when you were saying that, Michelle, was, okay, well, you know the, you know the seesaws that used to play on in the playground? Yes. Okay, so each side, so it's, it is always balanced as long as you have the same weight on each side. But the balance could sometimes look like someone flying up in the air and hitting the ground hard and the other person flies up and then comes down. That's still balanced, even though each person is flying up in the air screaming. Yes, yes, it's totally true. Oh, my God, that is. So balance does not just look like the two of you sitting there perfectly balanced with it going straight across. It's not. And, oh, my gosh, when we when we aim for that, like, here's the perfect third between business, creative, and personal. Yeah. It's the third, like, oh, my God, that's when you really just, your head explodes. Like, literally, they're just exploding heads everywhere. Right. <laughs> it's like, right. you know, and goals that are just impossible goals. So it's, it's more about, like, okay, what, what needs to get more of my attention? What needs to get less? Like, Danielle Laporte, who I, who I refer to as my cult leader, you know, says, like, when she's about to launch something, she, she thinks about what needs to stop happening. Like, I can't get this product out and go to the gym and remember every birthday and, you know, load, load and unload the dishwasher. Like, I am going to, you know, be sitting in my uh, sweats for the next three weeks eating pizza and, you know, telling, you know, my, my kid and my husband, like, you have to hold down the fort or let's hire the housekeeper to come in every day. And, you know, she's calling up her assistant, uh, which she's, you know, fortunate to have to say, here are the birthdays coming up, get these presents out and, like, She's clearing that plate and telling her friends, like, I'm going to be hiding for three weeks. Right. Personal. Like, you can't have that balance and still do what you need. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's the way for everyone to work. Like, I don't necessarily work well that way, but there definitely needs to be a point where you have to figure out what are you going to stop doing. You can't. And I feel like especially women, this is hard for. Like, it is. To keep being all things to all people. Yes. Um, and, you know, you have to figure out what that, what, what you're going to, sacrifice in order to make that all happen. See, that's when the seesaw's flying. flying. Yes, totally. But maybe it's only going to fly for three weeks. Exactly. You know, and then maybe that's when you recharge and get back in touch and go back to the gym and start, you know, but until it sort of happens again. So it's not, it can be um, boom to the ground for a time, but then you know it's going to come back up. Right. You're there. Right. Gosh, see the playground. It's all about what happened in the playground. Uh, well, now you, I, I read on your site someplace in there. You, you said "safe" is a four-letter word. Yes. Tell me about that. I love that. Safe is a four-letter word in my vocabulary because I feel like um, there's a there's, and I'm all about semantics. I feel like there's a difference between like safe and like confident and comfortable. So for me, it would have been I made the comfort. I need to find a better word for it. I mean, the comfortable choice to say, okay, once I found life coaching, I was not about to 
leave my job and say, well, I'm going to go get my certificate and um, as a life coach and build my business, and I'm just not going to worry about any money coming in, and I know it's going to take me a while to get certified because I was in a program where, like, the quickest you could do it is six months. I knew for me that was the closest route for me to just fall flat on my right. would be to just, you know, leave that paycheck, leave that job, and just throw myself into coaching. I was like, oh, my God, it would take maybe two months tops in order for me to just be like, I can't, I, it's not, you know, just like big time stress. So for me, I was like, okay, what do I, I need? I want that stable paycheck, but I need to get out of the situation I'm in with this verbally abusive boss who was making me psychosomatic. Um, and I was literally getting ill uh, before I would go to work every day. And the second I came home, I would feel fine. Right, right, right. And it was, you know, Blackberry all the time. And it was travel. And it was like, Terrible stuff. So I said, okay, for me, I know I need, I need the stable paycheck while I get certified. I need a place that isn't going to give me a BlackBerry. I'm not working too much overtime. I need to have nights and weekends for myself. And I need people that, you know, aren't going to verbally abuse me all the time. Um, So, you know, psychologically, I could kind of get my head on straight. And immediately, I mean, before I even registered for the life coaching classes, it was like, let's go find a new job. And so for about probably probably about two months, um, it was all about going and meeting with recruiters. I probably met with like a dozen recruiters, going to recruiters, updating my resume, getting my stuff out, telling everyone that I knew, like, I'm looking for a, I'm looking for an assistant job um, that I knew was, I could get with my skill set and which I knew would pay me well. And it's like, okay, what do people know, whatever. And I, I ended up getting a job as an executive assistant in a financial consulting company, which is like, absolutely the most opposite place for me, but with finance comes money. So the paycheck was good and I had whatever. Um, So for me, looking at that, I wouldn't call it the safe choice because the safe choice would be for me to just be like, okay, let's get out of the verbally abusive job and let's just go find some place that's stable. And I I had nothing if not security there, um, even when the economy went, went bad. Um, I was never, like, worried about losing my job, but mm-hmm. it would have been the safe choice for me to just be like, well, now I'm here, and I'm just going right, to be right, here. Right, right, right. Like, yeah. So, you know, to leave, when I got certified, it took me almost two years to get certified, and I got engaged and married at that time. And then from there, it was like, okay, now I'm really focusing on my business. And at that point, I was already blogging, and I had a basic website, but I knew I needed a website that I felt really proud of and excited about and that was really professional I needed a certain amount of money in the bank so I felt like I had a I was giving myself a severance in leaving um, and I needed to have enough consultation calls coming in that I felt confident that people were you know knew that I was alive (laughs) and yeah knew that you know I was out there for them and so finally when that all came to be it was like okay well now I'm leaving and I think that could have been a much like scarier terrible um, about to fall flat on my face proposition for me, and I would have been safe staying in that executive assistant job, but leaving that and saying, okay, well, I did everything. I've laid the groundwork. I was just going to say, you really laid the groundwork well, so. Yes, and now it's time to sink or Take swim. Take a chance, right. I think it's going to be, um, you know, in eight months from now when the money that I've saved up for myself is going to run out. It's not going to be tomorrow. So, right, right. That's what I mean by that. It's not about, like, let's be comfy and just, like, stay in our pajamas right, or whatever. Right. That's the safe stuff, and that's, like, 
that's not getting you anywhere. But you can make it. Everyone talks about leaps. Like when I leave my job, it's a it's a leap. It's a jump. It's a stretch. And I want to make it like a hop. I want to make it like have this you the whole time, and you're like walking on it. You're not even like above the ground. And then all of a sudden, like you're walking, and you realize, oh, the safety net's behind me. Um, Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. It's behind you now. Yes, it's behind me, and there wasn't. Yes, there was a hop to leave it, but it wasn't this, like, I'm jumping. You didn't do a swan dive off the cliff. Yes. Oh, my God. That, to me, I mean, I'm not a a risk taker, despite the fact that I'm an entrepreneur. Well, Um, tell everyone how they can get in touch with you and how you work so that they, um, I'm sure, would love to have an opportunity to talk to you. So why don't you tell everyone how that works? The the easiest way is just to head to my website, whenigrowupcoach.com, and there you'll see, you know, all my social media buttons. So I'm, like, tweeting all the time, and I'm on Facebook, and I'm on blah, 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 LinkedIn, all those places. And there's a contact me form right on that page. So if you want to reach out um, and ask me questions or whatever, uh, then you could use that form to do that. You could also schedule a consultation call. So everything's, like, right there in the site. And right now I'm actually about to – kind of relaunch my website with some new services and offerings. So what I talk about now might be different than what's on the site when you go see it. But um, I offer, you know, personalized coaching, one-on-one coaching. I have a workbook that I'm about to launch that is an illustrated and rhyming, because I'm crazy, career change workbook. Mm. Don't know what you want to be when you grow up, but you want a book that reads like Dr. Seuss to help you. Um, It's like a 50-page, like, Dr. Seuss book about changing your career. So... Um, I'm a big weirdo, and I just made it all rhyme. Um, so about to put that out, and I'm going to have some group coaching that I'm going to offer, which will be, you know, a lower price point than working with me privately. So I'm really looking to expand um, in that way to make sure that, you know, no matter how much money you have, you're able to get a piece of me. <laughs> so cool. Really, what I'm working on this year. So lots of lots of new things unfolding, exciting stuff. All right. So when I grow up, coach.com, you can come over to the craftcast.com site and get that link. If you're listening and thinking, I don't have a pencil right now to write that down, uh, not to worry. Well, Michelle Ward, thank you so much. I knew it would be fun talking to you. You too. Oh, this is great. Thank it was a pleasure. Yes, absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you again soon. And we'll talk more about growing up. Great. Thanks. Okay. Take care. So I hope you enjoyed that. Oh, Ms. Michelle Ward and her website, whenigrowupcoach.com. Check that out. And again, if you have the CraftCast app, make sure and listen to the bonus content, uh, her best tips for finding the right coach for you. And uh, if you don't and you want to listen, make sure you get, um, you can go to your app store either for droids or iPhone and get the CraftCast app. It comes with all kinds of goodies. Okay, so the entertaining thought section, entertaining tip section, the ET section of CraftCast this uh, week, what are we going to talk about? Well, here's what I decided. I think this is very appropriate for the summer, and I bring this up occasionally. Uh, A lot of people get stuck in their crafting, I know I used to, because here's how it goes. You say, I really want to get back to my studio. I want to get my butt in the chair. I really want to get back in there. Oh, gosh, I got to finish that project, though. I can't start anything else. I've got to finish that project. Okay, and then it's sort of like, ugh, where did I leave off? Ugh, I don't want to finish that project. Okay, so here's the deal. I am your uh, fairy craft godmother, and I'm hitting you with a magic wand and saying, twang, you do not have to finish 
all of your old projects for you to start again fresh. You can go to your studio. You can get rid of those old projects. You can recycle them. You can pass them on to someone else. You can just let go of them and put them out someplace for someone else to take uh, at a tag sale or at a swap box. Uh, You do not have to finish them. You can put them up on your own wall and say, that's a sample of when I did that type of work. Uh, But if that's what's getting in your way, get rid of those old projects. It's really okay. Uh, Many artists, they work on, they have tons of work that's uh, not fully completed in their studio, but they've learned from the experience and it's not sold. It's not shown in a gallery. It is the practice, the practice that got them there. And don't let that get in your way of getting back into the studio is all I'm saying. So let that stuff go. It's summer. Say, thank you very much, Project, for teaching me what you taught me, and it's time for us to part our ways. (laughs) Recycle what you can and let go, I say. So all of you out there, I hope that's helped you uh, maybe let a little air into the studio that you don't have to go back to the old projects. Let them go. All right, everyone, that's it for this week here in the CraftCast studio. Please come on over to CraftCast.com, where there's lots of recordings for sale. The new classes will be up in September, which is very exciting. Uh, There's also the blog. There's also uh, past podcasts you can listen to there, unless you're listening through your app or iTunes. Uh, You'll also find um, all kinds of other goodies and information. Uh, My newsletter gets posted there, so you can find it all. Uh, And if you want to send me an email, you can contact me through Facebook, the craftcast.com page. Check it out. There's a whole new look to it, the fan page, Uh, as well as you can uh, leave me a voice recording at 1-877-819-1859. You'll find that phone number on the uh, website, uh, as well as uh, email me right through the website, Allison at craftcast.com. And all of the books and apps and things that I talked about on today's show, you can find all the links there as well uh, under today's podcast page. <gasps> all right. I hope you keep enjoying your summer or if you're down under your winter. And until we meet again, you know what I have to say. Get your butt in the chair and keep crafting. Just get yourself right into your chair. Something new It starts inside you